Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Talking with Thunderbirds, Episode 3, Navajo Nation President-Elect. Hello, listeners, and welcome to our podcast, Talking with Thunderbirds. I am your host, Kalal. And I am co-host, Emily. Today, we have a special guest with us, our Navajo Nation President-Elect, Mr. Nez. Hello, Mr. Nez, and welcome to our podcast, Talking with Thunderbirds. We are going to ask you some questions. Okay, first question. Tell us a little about yourself. Where did you go to school and where did you grow up? Well, thank you uh, for having me on your podcast. And it's good to be back in Western Agency. You know, this is where uh, I grew up in Western Agency. I I come from the community of Shanto, Arizona. You know where Shanto is? Yeah, I know Shanto is. Uh, just down the road. Uh, and you have to... Uh, be very careful not to blink because if you blink, you might miss Shanto, Arizona because it's that small. And I went to school in Kienta, Arizona uh, from Head Start, kindergarten, all the way up to high school. I graduated from uh, Monument Valley High School. And then I uh, attended Northern Arizona University, just down the road as well. Flagstaff and uh, got into politics and uh, just wanted to help help serve you know I think uh, a lot of our parents out there they'll say you know go to school right you hear that all the time go to school right go to school get ready you know I, I grew up like that and uh, and they always tell us too that when you're finished with school you come home and, and help your your people right and uh, that's what I've done. Uh, went to school, got an education, and came back. And the community that I represent, Shanto, they, they put me right to work by making the, making me their chapter vice president uh, at the local uh, community level, right? I think many of us have uh, chapter houses, uh, the communities that we, we come from. And that's where I started, chapter uh, vice president, and then... They made me their uh, council delegate and became a county official for Navajo County and vice president. And now on January 15th, I, I will be sworn in as the, they say the youngest uh, Navajo Nation president. But I don't know. I kind of have some white hair, so we'll see what happens after I get into office. But thanks for having me. Thank you for coming here, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are Do we have any uh, salt people here? See, those are all my uh, brothers and sisters. And what about uh, anybody here? All right, yeah, these are... My mom's and dad's, you know. I'm You're Twedichini. You're my Che, then. How many uh, Twedichinis here? Wow. You're my Che, and you're my grandma's. And Tachini, how many Tachinis here? All my Nollies here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, the Salt Clan, my mom is from Shanto. Uh, that's where the Salt salt Clan originates from. The Tatnezani, how many of you know where uh, coal mine canyon is just I, down I the road there. you do yeah see that's the same we're we're really close relatives then because that's where my dad is from um the nez hustine nez uh and my my auntie still lives down in the canyon yeah thank you next question what kind of music do you like and who's your favorite artist uh, that's a good question, young man. You you might not know some of these bands that I, I mentioned, right? Uh, but I, I like uh, all types of music, you know, uh, throughout my life. As you age, you you start uh, listening to all varieties of, of music. You know, I started out in my younger years, probably your age, listening to a little bit of rock uh, White Snake, uh, a little bit of ACDC, and as I aged, got into Metallica, Nirvana, uh, you know. And then when I got into college, for some reason, reason I, I shifted into country. Huh? 
that was kind of weird. I started listening to a lot of country when I was in college. Uh, and then uh, it comes full circle, I think, you know, a lot of classic rock right now, I guess. Well, back then it was classic rock. Now it's probably classic, classic rock for you all, uh, young people. But uh, yeah, I'm back to listening to a lot of rock and, and heavy metal. You know, we have a lot of um, bands that have been coming out to Navajo. You know, a lot of Christian rock I like to listen to. We had some uh, good concerts here on the Navajo Nation lately, right? Did you guys uh, uh, go to Nelly here at the Tuba City Fair, Western Navajo Fair? Yeah, a yeah. lot of, a lot of. Those are uh, bands that uh, probably your parents used to listen to back in the day. But it's pretty good music, huh? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Have you gone to any concerts? Oh, yeah. I, I've been to a lot of concerts in my life. Uh, the last big concert we attended was at the Navajo Nation Fair, and uh, we had uh, Cutlass, a uh, Christian band that came out. Then, uh, yeah, that was the last uh, big concert I, I, I attended. Went to Metallica, not the Las Vegas show, but the, the Phoenix show. My dad and brother went there. Yeah, that was, a, that was an awesome. Did you go? No. No, that was a pretty awesome show. And it was kind of odd, too, being the vice president going going through the uh, stadium. A lot of folks uh, recognized me and were quite surprised uh, their vice president jammed on that type of music. But it was fun. <laughs> what or who inspires you? Who inspires me? You know, I, I look at each and every one of you right here, and just by you... Looking at me, you are an inspiration to me. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, leaders out there and adults out there will say, you young people are our future leaders, right? Um, that's correct. Although, look at today. You two and the students here today doing a podcast and being fifth graders you are leading us right now. You are leaders of right now, leaders of today. And, and I appreciate that. And that's what inspires me. That's why I wanted to come out and be a part of your class and to visit uh, each and every one of you today because uh, I know that our future is bright. Um, a lot of things that you all are doing in your classroom are innovative. Um, things are going to change. And when I get out of politics... Uh, you know, when I get older uh, in my rocking chair, uh, I'll feel okay because I know that you all will take that baton uh, and run with that baton with uh, real big changes, not just here on the Navajo Nation, but all across the world, right? Because Navajo is all over the world, huh? Yes. Yeah, they're all over the world. You know, there's a sheep herder in Iceland right now. Do you know that? A Navajo sheep herder? So, I never knew about him. Yeah. Because uh, I guess I have a future after politics. I might just go to Iceland and be a sheep herder. <laughs> what is the scariest part of, of your job? The scariest part of my job, I think, the uh, the time frame. You know, there's a there's a you know four years obviously is is a term um, in office, but if you look at you know, for, for you all, four years may, may, be, may seem long, at, you know, because you, you're a young, young age. But when you get older, you know, four years is just, uh, it goes by pretty quick. And so uh, the thing that I, I want to do in four years, you know, um, is a lot. You know, a lot of, a lot of the people out there want to change. And I think that's the reason why they voted uh, for me and, and Mr. Lizer our vice president-elect and you know people want that change almost overnight you know and and it takes time for change because you have to get the people um, motivated and encouraged especially the employees and to to see uh, a brighter future for for our people and sometimes that gets a little scary because uh, the time frame you know there's so much to do in a, such a short time and uh, and we just ask for prayers for the, from the people to to help us make those changes, you know. So, 
that must be really scary because so many people in Tuba City and in Navajo Nation because they're all depending on you. Uh, well, that's the thing, yeah, and you're correct, you know. Uh, they're depending on, on leadership, but I always say we need everyone's help, right? Yeah. We need everyone's help, and that's what we've been saying all along. Me and Vice President Lizer can't do everything. We have to get the, the community and the young people involved in making that change. Yeah. And sometimes that's the scary part, too, as well, because some people uh, don't want change, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think with the election that we just um, went through, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are wanting change for our nation. And it's exciting at the same time. It's really exciting to be uh, in this position to know that we can do a lot. You know, we can push alcoholism off our Navajo Nation. We can push drug addiction. We can push violence off our nation. But it's really up to us, you know. I mean, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa out there, you know, with their teaching, right? There's a lot of teaching that we get from grandma and grandpa, Nali, and mom and dad. But we have to embrace that teaching in order for, uh, from, uh, in my opinion, for in order for a change to really occur. Um, but, but you all are learning a lot here in the classroom setting, right? Um, all the stuff that you read in the books, which is good. But at the same time, you have to balance it with what you learn from your house, from your home, right? If you balance that, that's the culture, tradition, and the language that we learn from our communities and our families with what you learn here in the classroom. And I know here at Tuba City Boarding School, they're putting a lot of effort into culture, tradition, and language teaching. And I'm all for that, you know, and, and for me, uh, I was fortunate to, to grow up in a household where... Um, Navajo was first spoken so in a way Navajo was my first language and I think we can really uh, get that back into the household I think you all could do that I think uh, your generation could bring the Navajo language back to the forefront and that's what I'm hopeful for do you have do you sometimes let people down like when those are over the four years I'm sorry, say that again? Um, do you kind of like let people down, like to find the people who don't want change and then you bring change? Yeah, I mean, that's where you have to get the, the buy-in from, from the people, you know. I mean, right now, like 41,000, I think 41,500 people voted for us. So that's a big number that we, Mr. Lizer and I, can say, People want change. I mean, that's a big majority of the Navajo public who voted for us because they want something different. And obviously, there's going to be some people that don't want change, right? Because sometimes change is scary, right? If you do something different uh, in your routine, what you used to do all the time, and then you change it up, it gets kind of scary. But you, you have to let the people know and know that change is good and change is needed at times so that government can run quicker so grandma and grandpa can get their electricity quicker right or they can like fix the roads quicker because a lot of times there's so much laws and policies that are there when someone says fix our road you know it takes forever right you have to change those policies and laws in order for us to do it quicker and that's just not Navajo Nation government that's all the way in Washington DC too but on your question yeah there'll be some people that that will get disappointed because some people are just used to doing the same things over and over again. But change is needed. Every generation uh, asks for change. So when you get into adult age, you're, you're going to um, want different than what we're dealing with right now, too. So it, it evolves from one generation to the next. What do you see yourself doing if you weren't a president? Wow, that's a that's a very good question. Uh, wow, um, I went into the ministry. Um, I went into Bible college. You know, I thought I would go into um, you know sharing um, the word of God to folks, maybe like in. Uh, Mexico or on the other side of the world, uh, 
God had different plans for me. But I guess I'm still doing what I thought I was going to do early on. Uh, I, I also wanted to go to law school, become a lawyer. Um, but yeah, that, that's a very good question. I mean, I, I've always wanted to go into politics, though, because my grandfather, his name was H.T. Uh, Donald. He was a councilman from Shanter. And he passed away when I was one year old, though. And he, he, he did a lot of changes in the community. You know how people talk about uh, folks at, at home who've passed, you know, this is what they used to do. That's why, that's why I got to know what my grandfather did. Uh, even though I was growing up and he was gone, uh, people said, your grandfather really helped us out. And man, I, and as I was growing up, I, I heard that over and over again. And I was like, you know what? That would be one way to leave this earth is to know that you help someone else. And, uh, and I always had a goal to become the councilman from, from Chantel. And I, I reached that goal. And the reason why I say that is um, to the students here, you know, you can accomplish anything you want to do in life, you know. Don't let anybody tell you no. Some of you probably want to be a lawyer or a police officer. You want to go to college. You know, don't let anybody tell you wrong because it's up to you. And, and that's what our teaching is, right? I don't know. How many of you heard of the word ego? You know, that that means, yeah, that means uh, being able to do it for yourself, you know, without anybody telling you to, to, to do things, you know, it's up to you. And so one of the messages I want to uh, give and, and to remind you is that you have the ability to, to do whatever you want in life, you know. Like for me, right, I wanted to be a councilman. <clears throat> I reached that goal. But that doesn't mean that's the end, right? Look at now. I became the vice president and, and now the president. I, I had no clue I would become the president of the Navajo Nation, see? <laughs> and so always um, make a goal for yourself is what I'm saying. Even every day. One day, say, okay, uh, wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to shake someone's hand and make them feel good. Maybe shake a veteran's hand. And once you once you find a veteran and shake their hands, you know, wow, that's a goal that you accomplished. Or you want to read something, you want to finish a book in a month, you know, check those off. And always continue to make uh, goals for yourself. It's uh, something that I've always um, uh, learned in, in my life as well. So, yeah. Thanks for that question. Okay. Um, what was your first job? Wow, my first job. Uh, I think in Chanteau Chapter. I was a summer youth uh, employee. Um, maybe your brothers or your older uh, relatives, you know, work at the chapter house during the summer, right? Anybody, anybody have... Uh, Folks working at the chapter house during the summer, yeah, that's where I started. You know, pulling weeds, um, holding a shovel, and, and all that. Back then, we we get to travel to like grandma's house and help uh, fix corrals and all that. Those were fun days. I think that was that was my first job uh, in life. And, and again, it's just giving back to the community. But back then, it was uh, at least there was some. Um, some uh, employment for for us. What made you decide to run for president? Um, another good question. You know, a lot of folks out there <coughs> said uh, it encouraged me. You know, just like mom and dad encourages us, right? You can do it, right? It's what they say to us. And that's the same thing the, uh, the Navajo public said to me is, yeah, you can do it. You know, uh, you, you have the ability, you have the knowledge. You know, I went to school, like I was saying at NAU, I, I got a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. I was working on a PhD. Uh, and so the, so the Navajo public said, you know, you're, you're ready. And at 40, 43 years old, I was elected to be uh, their president November 6th. And uh, 
yeah, that was uh, that was exciting. But uh, like I was saying, you know, I mean, reach for for the stars and reach for your goals in life, and uh, and I think that's uh, something that we can all uh, teach each other, like our younger brothers and sisters and our relatives as well. Yeah. Okay. Um. Do you communicate with pres presidents from other native or non-native nations? Yeah, um, you know when President Obama uh, was in office, we we got to meet President Obama up in Washington D.C. and and we met um, leadership from Canada um, as well. We had a uh, delegation that came to to Navajo, um, and yeah, tribal. Uh, matter of fact, the the other day, we were at the uh, San Carlos um, tribal inauguration, where we witnessed the chairman and the vice chairman get sworn into office because uh, we were invited to come out, and that was exciting. That's chairman to chairman. If you look at uh, tribal leaders to tribal leaders, that's one nation speaking to another nation, right? Because we're a nation. We're the Navajo nation, right? Tribes are the same way. And if you look at the Constitution of the United States of America, it indicates that we're sovereign. They recognize the sovereign ability of tribes. That means we're able to take care of ourselves. And so we're representatives of our people, the entire Navajo Nation, 27,000 square miles, the land the size of West Virginia. We represent all of you when we go to Washington, D.C. or other tribes, like during the inauguration. Currently, I'm the vice president. I was out there representing all of us and said, the Navajo people congratulate the new the, the re-elected chair, the re-elected vice chair. So, yeah, we, we do meet a lot of tribal leaders throughout the state of Arizona and all over the Southwest, including governors, too, right? The state governors, nation to nation. Thank you. Do you need a degree to be president? If so, what degrees do you have? Well, you don't need a degree to be president. Need to be there's certain requirements that you need to abide by, but your question about having a degree, you don't need one. But for me, uh, I do have uh, a bachelor's degree, a master's in public administration, certificate in public management, and, and you know the like. Um, and and it helps me, and it helps me. And I think the the Navajo public, the Navajo people out there, recognize that having some um, schooling outside the Navajo Nation um, equips you to be an effective leader, especially now that it's dual roles, right? It's you got to speak English and Navajo at times. Navajo here on the Navajo Nation, uh, getting the Navajo people informed. And then when you're out there off the nation, it's all English, right? Washington, D.C., Phoenix. And you need to be able to... Uh, know what you're talking about you know, at these various functions. And so having some schooling does help. So thanks for that question. Yes. Is it tough to be a leader for about 300,000 people? I'm sorry, say that again, sweetie. Is it tough to be a leader for about 300,000 oh. people? Oh. Yeah, so, you know, you have to... Uh, represent a diverse population, 350,000 plus people, Navajos. And uh, there are other Navajos that are in other tribes. We probably have relatives that are uh, uh, part Navajo, right? But they're enrolled members of other tribes. Uh, like when I was in San Carlos uh, the other day, there were uh, our Navajo. Uh, people were living in San Carlos, either married to a San Carlos member or they were maybe part Navajo, but they were enrolled in other tribes. So if you were to, I think if you were to put all those folks together, we're probably half a million Navajo strong. But yeah, and, and it is 
challenging because we're a diverse group, you know. Um, a lot of the population now is in the younger age bracket, you know, maybe from 35 on down, the majority of Navajo public, maybe 40 on down is the majority of the Navajo people now. So there's a, a, a really uh, young population um, that, you know, you have to um, consider as well. And then you also have our elders, right? You, you have to represent our elders because that's our teaching. And we're always told to respect uh, and honor our, our, our relatives, our, our elders. You know, they have a lot of teaching. And, and I'm sure you all, during Thanksgiving and come Christmas, a lot of our elders will be uh, uh, talking to you about what's, you know, what they've gone through in life. And we need that. Uh, then we have a diverse population in uh, beliefs too, right? You got Christianity, you got um, Catholicism. Uh, then you also have Native American church and traditional. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you have to represent uh, the people all together. You can't just compartmentalize each group. Because uh, that's not fair to, to others, right? You have to keep them all together. And so it gets pretty complex uh, representing a, a big a nation like that. But at the same time, a lot of the needs are the same, right? Yes. Like the needs to better our elders and take care of our elders, right? And, and the youth too, you know. Uh, the youth don't have a voice in a way until they get to the age to vote, right? Mm -hmm. But... You all still have the ability to influence government policy and law, just like with what you're doing with your podcast. I'm sure a lot of people will be listening to, to the podcast and they're going to say, wow, those young people are changing the face of government and the face of politics because of technology, social media. And if you uh, saw my Facebook page and some of the social media and I use that as a tool to get the information out there before it was never there right hmm. it was hard to get people informed it's just like TV or newspaper now everybody's in social media and that's one way to inform the 300,000 plus people out there but some don't have inter internet right grandma and grandpa they don't know how to use internet too that's where we come in right we'll sh show uh Grandma and Grandpa from the computer, hey, check this out, you know, and they'll be informed. And an, an informed population is is good for the future of the government. Next question is: Is Tuba looking forward to use renewable energy? Um, I think so. I mean, I think we're all looking forward to um, moving, transitioning into renewable energy, right? Yeah. A lot of people have solar panels. Have you, have you guys seen solar panels out there? Yeah. And then those big wind turbines, right? Those yeah. make electricity for hogans and for homes out there. But we're looking at large-scale renewable energy projects. How many of you know that there's a big solar farm right there by Kienta? And that's a large-scale project that Navajo's done. That's the first Native American tribe who, who's doing that now. And Navajo, we're always leading the charge. We're always at the forefront of innovation. And I like to I like to say we're transitioning because the future of the Navajo Generating Station, you guys know where the Navajo Generating Station is right there in Page, right? That big yeah. uh, three stacks. You know, it may close down. And so when it closes down, what is there afterwards to generate electricity or to even have jobs for our, our people? You know, we have to look at like you were saying, renewable energy, not just uh, solar or wind. You got to look at maybe uh, methane gas and also uh, hydro. And that's what uh, we're wanting to, to pursue a little bit more diverse uh, uh, portfolio when it comes to uh, energy here on the Navajo Nation. Because Peabody Coal, you know, once there's... There's not endless amount of coals up in Peabody. You know where Peabody is, right? Up on Black Mesa, where they get all the coal out? There's not a lot of coal there. And so once that, it goes away, then what do we do, right? we got to transition in some way and to diversify our economy. Tourism, I think, is one way to do that too, right? 
we got a lot of visitors that come through Tuba City, right? Yeah. You guys know yeah. that. You guys remember those guys taking photos on the on the middle of the road? They're taking photos, right? Yeah. yeah. And then mom and dad say, yeah, get out of the way. You're going to get hurt, right? You know, people come all over the world to check out our beautiful Navajo Nation. You know, sometimes we take, take it for granted, right? They're like, oh, man, there's nothing out there. It's boring, right? Somebody probably says that. But, you know, I used to live here in Tuba City, and I used to do a lot of running in these, in these areas and just some beautiful places around western Navajo, too. But, yeah, appreciate that question. Thank you. Do you have to talk in Navajo to be Navajo Nation president? No, not anymore. There was a law that changed that. Uh, a couple of years ago, the Navajo people voted to change that requirement. Um, the Navajo people determined the fluency of uh, the candidate. So it's up to the Navajo Nation uh, people to elect who they want to represent them. And, um, you know, I, I don't know uh, how you all think about that, but uh, what do you all think? Do you think uh, speaking Navajo? should be a requirement to be president of the Navajo Nation? No? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Probably. So, wow. I think uh, a lot of folks uh, um, believe the same thing you all are, are thinking too as well. I mean, um, that's one way to, I guess, really um, encourage our folks to, to speak our language too, right? Because if you're a Navajo, it's already within you, right? You're born. With the yeah. language, you just have to bring it out. And that's where a lot of the classroom discussions and, and the language comes from. But it's really from the household. Because you can speak, uh, learn how to speak Navajo here in the classroom. And then when you go home, everybody speaks in English. And then it's, it's not immersion, you know. I grew up where grandma, my mom and dad, they all spoke Navajo at home. The only time I spoke English was at school. And so uh, when I went home, it was all in Navajo. And it's changed now, huh? I think it's a lot English. And then we spent, we, we talk a little bit of Navajo at school. So, But you have that power to change that, you know, all of you all here, is just to say, yeah, Navajo language is important to us. And let's continue that to the next generation, your children, your grandchildren. What is the best part of your job? The best part of my job is to be out there uh, in the public, in the communities like today, you know, to see how beautiful your your classroom is. You know, these are previous leaders who worked very hard on our behalf, all of us, to put a nice school here. And when you come into this facility, it's like, wow, this is an awesome school. And you're very fortunate to have a, a, a good school here. And you're blessed to have some great teachers here, you know. A lot of the teachers that you see behind us here today, look, they're all Navajo. You know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it wasn't like that. See, these adults here, professionals here, you know, they took what grandma and grandpa uh, and Nully said, mom and dad said to heart. Go get an education. Come home and help your people. And that's what they, they've done today. They're here helping their people and to empower you with the tools needed to make uh, some good decisions in life. So that that's awesome to me and, and uh, I think we can we can learn a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. We understand you are a runner. What what is the longest you ever ran? Wow. Uh, good question. The longest I ever ran in uh, one stretch uh, is 62 miles. That's a uh, hundred kilometers. Uh, it took a long time for me to get to that. Uh, about five years to get to that level, you know. And and remember what I was saying earlier about setting goals for yourself. Yeah. You 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 all look at me right now, right? And uh, uh, I'm, I'm a reasonable size, but uh, did you know about? Six, seven years ago, I was almost uh, 300 pounds. you believe that? It doesn't look like that. There's some pictures in the Internet. If you Google it, you can find 
but I was 300 pounds and I was a leader. I was a council delegate. And, and so when I was out there uh, talking to the young people, right, I would say, young people, exercise, go have fun out there and do active stuff uh, and eat right, right? And then here I'm 300 pounds. Who's going to listen to me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so one day a young man, a young man like uh, your age, you know what he did? He stood up and he said, Mr. Ness, you tell us to run, you tell us to, you tell us to exercise, you tell us to eat good food, but look at you. You're just getting bigger and bigger, they said. <laughs> and, and so I was hurt. You know, first reaction, of course, I was hurt. But after I calmed down, I thought about it, and I said, this young man is right. If I'm going to be telling people what to do, I better be doing it myself. If I'm a leader in a community, I better be practicing what I preach, right? I better be doing what I'm saying I'm doing. And so that started my running right there while well, walking first. I couldn't run 300 pounds. So I, I started the goal. I said, I'm going to walk one mile. So I, I checked that off. I walked one mile. And I said, you know what? I'm going to run one mile. I ran a mile. Check. 5K. That's three miles. I'll say, I'll run 5K without stopping. Boom, check that out. And I continued to set a goal for myself. I reached that goal, but, but it didn't end there. <coughs> I always put another goal in front of me. So to make, to make a long story short, 10K, got it done. Half marathon, 13 miles. I did that. A full marathon which is 26 miles I did that and then I thought that was it then people run 50 kilometers that's 30 31 miles so I signed up for that I trained for that <clears throat> I checked that off and guess what people run 50 miles so I started training for that ran 50 miles checked that off the next one was a hundred kilometer right that's 62 miles and uh, I did that twice in my life, 62 miles, but didn't end there, guys. Guess what my next goal is? I haven't reached it, but then my next goal is to run 100 miles within 24 hours. People do that. So I'm still trying to reach a goal. So yeah, I've, if you want to say I'm a runner, uh, I've run. Um, I've walked a lot too as well. Um, but um, I think the story that I, that I want to, encourage you all is just to stay active out there always uh, um, put a goal for yourself and, because once you get older it's it hard to stay active right adults <laughs> it gets difficult to uh, be engaged but if you learn it now discipline yourself now you'll be running for a very long time so I encourage that and then eating right too right you have to eat good yes. stuff right you can't have McDonald's and Sonics all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe once in a while, yeah, right? But not all the time. Have some healthy foods at home. And also farming, right? How many of you have farms here that farmed this past uh, summer? Good job. Good job. That's the most healthiest food I think you can have, really. Uh, getting the corn and the, the pumpkin squash from your, from your garden, right? It's really good too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks for that question. What made you become a runner? Yeah, um, I've always been in um, sports and in school. I played basketball, uh, did some cross country um, back in, in school. So I was always active. But once I graduated from high school, uh, that, that I just didn't take care of myself. You know, going, uh, eating all fast food all the time. Burger King, McDonald's, because when you're going to college, you know that you don't have time to do cook for yourself or eat, eat healthy. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's that's how I, I got back into running is uh, trying to lose weight because I, I got out of control with my my weight and my health. Thanks. I have heard that your goal is to run in all 50 states. Have you accomplished that goal yet? Not yet. We are probably at 10 states by now. Most of all the western states.
California, Nevada, the Four Corners. I went up to uh, uh, Wyoming, uh, Texas. I did Texas, but with the busy schedule, I, I haven't, I haven't uh, done that. But eventually, yeah, eventually, there's actually a run going on right now as we speak, and I'm sure runners are on the on the trail now at the Four Corners. You guys know where Four Corners is? Yeah, Colorado, Four Corners, Mountain, New Mexico. Yeah. Right there on that one. They're doing a four marathon in four days. And today was the first day. Uh, and they're going to run them 26 miles in each state. And you can do half marathons, 13 miles in each state too. So uh, I didn't get a chance to to um, train for that because I was on the campaign trail. But uh, come January, I should be ready to start uh, running again too. So it's good. <laughs> Have you ever done a Spartan race? No, I heard some great things about Spartan. But do you know uh, anybody who's run a Spartan race before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we I've, got some. I've, I've, I've done some before. You've done? Wow. What do you I like? Carry logs carry, and stuff? Yeah, something like that. You carry bags. Wow. Did you get all sore afterwards? I bet. I barely even made it. Oh, you did? But you'd finished though, right? Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's where it starts. So you're going to be a Spartan uh, racer pretty soon, right? <laughs> Doing those big uh, uh, meets out there, big runs. But, yeah, I, I have yet to do a Spartan race yet. Um, triathlon, um, I wanted to try. You know, uh, what do they call it? An Ironman, which is a uh, 26-mile running and uh, 100 miles on the bike. And two swimming. two miles of two plus miles of swimming, yeah. One day, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe after politics. What is your fastest mile? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Maybe eight minute miles. I'm not a very fast runner. I'm a slow runner, but I'll get it done. Take my time running a hundred k, fifty miler. It takes me about. Let's say uh, a marathon, 26 miles. The fastest I've ever done that was about three hours and 45 minutes. That was when I was really in shape. But Shiprock Marathon last year, I think I made four hours and 30 minutes or something like that for 26 miles. Yeah. So I'm not a fast runner. So I don't know. I'll take my time and eat every aid station and get all the goodies. <laughs> Make it make it back in time for uh, the award ceremony. Before we close out, we heard some great advice from our last guest about how we can change, about how we can make changes in our community. Mm -hmm. Does the Navajo Nation have a way for youth to contribute their thoughts and ideas? Absolutely. How, how many of you have know about the Youth Council on the Navajo Nation? We have one representative from Western Agency, and uh, well, two actually, two on Western Agency. So there's an uh, opportunity uh, for the the youth and the students to be involved in government, um, and you don't have to be old enough to vote. We have a Youth Council that sits in on the council sessions that will sit with the president and vice president and also sit with the judicial branch, the judges, right? And they get to have input on what they feel is important uh, in their communities. And um, the other is just being a part of local ch the chapter meetings, right? The local school board meetings. Can I say that here? <laughs> the school board meetings, you know, I'm sure the leadership would want to hear from the students especially at the chapter house, see? Because a lot of times, many of us, yeah, we'll go off to school after we graduate from high school, right? <laughs> we'll go out and do something. We'll go to military or we'll go experience off to Navajo Nation. But eventually, we'll all come home. Uh, and I always tell young people out there, it's best to be engaged with the local planning at your local chapter house. Um, during that time, you're out there, you can make one trip
back to Navajo at least once a month because the chapter meetings are once a month. To be a part of that would be awesome because you get to shape your future when you come eventually come home to retire or to come home back to the Navajo Nation. You have input in that. If you don't have input, then things are not going to change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's that's one way to be a part of uh, a lot of these solutions and, and problems that are plaguing us here on the Navajo Nation because there's a lot of problems, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what? We have the power to, to change that. You, all of us, have the power to change that. And if we just stand together and, and be bold and say we can change, like I was saying, right? We have the power to push alcohol out of our communities. If we yes. all stand together and say no more, enough is enough, and, and not to be shy or anything. I mean, things can change. Same thing with diabetes, right? If yeah. we all start running or being active and eating, eating good, yeah, eating good foods, no more diabetes. Because a lot of our relatives are, are struggling from diabetes, huh? My mm-hmm. mom has to, has to uh, take insulin because of diabetes. And... Uh, you know, me, I try to eat um, good foods as much as I can. But being on the road a lot, you know, I have to sometimes eat salad at the at the fast food joints, right? <laughs> and you know, salad sometimes is boring. But it's to, healthy for you. It's healthy, yes. Thank you for correcting me. Appreciate that. <laughs> what advice do you have for the Thunderbird students? All right, the advice that I have for you is enjoy. The time that you have here at Tuba City Boarding School, enjoy your youth, um, and don't give up. Don't give up, young people, on anything that you want in life. And most importantly, don't give up on life. You know. And I think you're at the age, and I could probably be frank with you, is that, that where you understand is that there's a lot of suicide happening in our communities. And we, can, we have the power to push that off our, our nation as well. We have to put uh, a positive perspective in, in what we do, everything that we do. You know, sometimes we, ha- we don't have um, um, some good people to encourage us at home. But that shouldn't stop us. That shouldn't discourage us. Because if I look around the room, the classroom right now, you all have the power to encourage, to encourage each other. You know, telling each other, hey, you can do it. See, all the ishini, right? We, like we were saying earlier, all my relatives, it, all of you are related in some way through our clan system. You know, remember when I said all the ishini, raise your hand. All the ishini, raise your hand, salt clan. See, these are all now, those of you that are raising your hand, these are your brothers and sisters, you see. The same thing goes with the other clans. The same clans go. Now you're all interconnected and related. So next time you see someone that was raising their hand, you say, hey, brother, you can do it. Hey, sister, be another, you know, and, and it could just, just take that to encourage somebody. Somebody might be having a bad day, right? But they say, hey, appreciate you. We love you. You can do it. I mean, just imagine how positive uh, the, the nation could be because of that. And don't give up. You know, this year, young people, uh, is 150 years since the signing of the Treaty of 1868, right? Did you guys know that? Mm-hmm. 150 years ago, our ancestors signed the treaty so we can come back from Fort Sumner. How many of you know about the Long Walk? Raise your hand. Oh, see, everybody. Everybody knows that history of the Long Walk. It's, it's a bad history, huh? Mm-hmm. Sad, too. Our people went through some hardship. They were taken from our land, taken to Fort Sumner, right? We learned that. They were over there for over four years, right? In kind of like a prison type, you know? And guess what? After that signing of that treaty, and and this is where I want you young people to rewrite history from our perspective. We're missing the biggest story here. You know what the biggest part of our history is? What happened after the signing of the treaty? Do you guys know what happened after the signing of the treaty? We came home. We came all the way 400 miles back, even more, because it's about 500 miles to Tupac City, right? From Fort Sumner. All the way home. And guess what? When we came back, we came back to all our houses being burned down. All our crops 
cornfields. They were all burned, right? We heard about that. So we came back to that. And guess what? Our Navajo people worked together, helping each other out to rebuild our nation. And now what? We're 300,000 plus people. We got a big old land, big old nation now. And that's a blessing. That should encourage us not to give up because our ancestors, remember all those stories, those bad stories about people yeah. dying and, and everything like that? They, they were thinking about all of us. Did you know they were thinking about us today? They were thinking about all of you today. They wanted to get home because they wanted a better Navajo nation. They wanted a better, positive Navajo people. And so they went through some hardships. So when you go through some tough times, remember, they went through some worse stuff than we're going through probably right now, right? And that should give us the inspiration encourage us to say, hey, we're not going to give up. We're going to make a... Now, you know what? It's our turn too, right? They thought about us back then. So now it's our turn to think about 150 years into the future because we got to think of something better for our great-great-grandchildren too. And they're going to be even better off. And that's why I was saying earlier, I see that in all your eyes today that we're going to be uh, healthier, and we're going to be stronger than ever before. So I appreciate the interview, uh, the podcast, and those of you that are listening out there, you know, I mean, this message that the Tuba City Boarding School fifth graders did today is, is not just for them, but I think it's, it's a, a message of hope and resilience for all our Navajo people uh, throughout our land. So thank you for having me here. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Thank you, Mr. Ness, for um, spending time with us. Yeah, thank you for the invite. And you guys are doing awesome. Are you guys going to go and be professional uh, podcasters now and maybe be <laughs> our next Navajo KOB anchors, right? See you in Daily on, Sun. on Daily Sun. I'll, I'll see you guys in the future. When I'm all old, don't remember, don't forget me, okay? When you become big time, say, oh, that, that old man now, uh, he used to be president. We got to invite him to, uh, to see us and when you become movie stars or something. Huh? <laughs> all right? So thank you, guys. Give yourselves a round of applause, class. Thank you. All right. Yeah,